Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary, a podcast about documentaries you should watch, obviously, with your host, Adam Todd Brown, Jess McDonald, and Mon Rock. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. I am Adam Todd Brown. I'm Mon Rock. I'm Jess McDonald. We're your hosts. If you can believe that. <laughs> that. I just told Jess not to laugh during the <laughs> intro. And she cannot oh. help herself. Yeah, you were supposed to stay stone-faced and stoic. I backed away from the microphone. It would have been fine. No one would have noticed, but you pointed it out. I've been listening to the podcast, and we both just laughed like idiots while Adam is trying to do We're doing it again. That's because we don't know what else to do. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was just because I'm so funny. It's, I not, just it's not that. No, I okay, just fine. I generally feel awkward during introductions. Yeah, yep. yeah they are, they are yeah. weird, especially on a podcast like this, because, hey, what's everyone been up to? And yeah. then we record another one an hour later. Yes. So, what you been up to? So, what has everyone been up to? Who's going to stick? Someone answer I went me. home for a week. That was really nice. Neat. I saw my family. We did tie-dye together. I'm wearing it. You can't see that, though. Are you serious? Yeah. You really made did that? that? Yeah. Are you <laughs> some kind of Brady Bunch family? Uh, That's amazing. Some Brady Bunch family that also does acid? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no comment? <laughs> what a fun activity. Yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. We had a, we had a great time all together. I hadn't seen my dad in like a year, so that was really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where do your parents live? Connecticut. Oh, yeah. You and about. also South Carolina and soon New Hampshire. I don't know. They're all over the place. That's too much. Let's settle on one. <laughs> so so Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just heard kooks back there. Yeah, she's she's got a cough. Kooks. Oh. We're it's sorry. Just allergies. What's she allergic to? Summer and oh. life, like her mommy. Oh, yeah. Sure. Heat. <laughs> It's yeah. so fucking hot right now in Los Angeles, which that's rare. I mean, it's... It, I just got back from San Francisco and it was freezing. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the coldest times in San Francisco. It's great. But here, oof. Yeah, no, it's been Really brutal. bad times. Jeff May just did a uh, Comic-Con in Palm Springs over the weekend, and he put a graphic up on Twitter showing the, the seven-day forecast, and on... One day it said 108, and then the next day it said 113. It's heating up. It's like it's heating up at 108 <laughs> for sure, <laughs> if not less than that. Like it, how it hot is it? Heated up at like 90. Like yeah. let's be for real here. But I'm still grateful for the fact that there is no humidity really. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the humidity in Connecticut was brutal. I was that not. That is used one to thing it when that I, I cannot deal with. Uh uh-uh. And my hair can't either. So are we just going to talk about the weather? Yeah, or? we're just going to chit-chat about the weather, I think. Well, we were, it's a good lead-in. We were talking about Los Angeles, kind of. So let's talk about Scientology. Oh, perfect. <laughs> this is the... I think this is actually the birthplace of Scientology, right? I know it's headquartered in Clearwater now. Listen, all nonsense comes out of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, because like Jonestown, that was San Francisco. Is okay. where that's, that's yeah. Started. California, California, say. Yeah. yeah, California, the most liberal state in the world, where all the crazies move that can't make it in their own states. Right, right. 
That's me. And me. And me. Yeah. Yay. We're here. We're here. I was kicked out of Maryland. You were kicked out of Connecticut. (laughs) I was kicked out of several states. (laughs) Illinois, South Dakota, Wisconsin, New York. I'm a fugitive. So we're talking about my Scientology movie. Not my Scientology movie. A documentary called My Scientology Movie, which you can watch on Netflix. Watch it on Netflix. That's people always bother me about not yeah, saying Yeah, but now you're telling them after it. the fact, so that doesn't really... Are they just going to pause it, put it on real quick? Listen, and then... man, just Google it. <laughs> just look it up. Be resourceful. What happens when the apocalypse comes and you're scavenging for food? You're, you're not going to be able to it? ask me. <laughs> can't just ask me where there's food. Find, the, find these things. Whenever people ask me for directions, I say it's on the co- corner of Google and Yahoo. I mean, yeah. That's that's a that's a good spot for it to be. Everything is there. Everything. Or it should be. I asked Jeeves. Good Jeeves old was Jeeves. the best. Jeeves. I wonder if he, I wonder when he died. Hmm. I wonder knows. if they gave him a funeral, like a like an online funeral. <laughs> I hope so. They should come back and do that. Anyway, let's talk about my Scientology movie. I have watched so many of these Scientology documentaries and Leah Romini series. I mean, I am just so into it. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the concerns I had going into this, is I've seen so many of these, and I know so much about Scientology just from the books and the documentaries I've, I've consumed. But this, it was, I was curious how he would make this different. Because there's that HBO documentary that's kind of the definitive Scientology. I still haven't seen that one. It's called Going Clear. Going yeah, Clear, I guess, yeah. I guess we could have done that yeah. too. But, yeah, no, that's the, <laughs> we're not mainstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a documentary by a guy named Louis Thoreau, who is a... Rather insipid Britishman. I mean, he was kind of just like a wet blanket. Yeah, yeah. You you aren't you, you don't like Louis Thoreau? I don't know much about well, him. Well, is he French? I think so. But I mean, he's maybe raised in England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz I mean it's definitely a French. French name and he's got a French face. He's a French face and a fucking French face. And a dull English accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a little odd though, not going to lie. He was kind of an odd Yeah, guy. he's the perfect guy for this documentary. Yeah. yeah. Because he's weird and creepy enough to take this topic on. Yeah. Because he was just as off-putting to me as the Scientologists he talked to. Oh yeah, definitely. Which that was kind of my favorite part. <laughs> The way it starts, he posts a message saying he wants to interview Scientologists for a documentary, and he immediately gets all these messages about how that's a terrible idea and how Scientology's going to fuck with him if he does that. And I wonder how true that still is, because it... I think at this point, they've got to be going down. Yeah, they I have mean, to have lost a lot of they money. Ha- they have to have. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, and I feel like documentaries and things like this give them a chance to look like they're still really powerful and still able to really infringe on a person's life when really they just kind of need to follow the people who have the cameras on them. Other than that, then it's, you know, you just wait for someone to complain and you follow them. Like once their complaints get loud enough, I guess. Right. Like. Trump still doesn't follow me because no one listens to the fucking shit I say. But <laughs> if I was this guy, I'd probably be in a 
border detention facility right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You got time. Free rent's cool. So he he tries to make this documentary. He gets all these messages saying, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And he at first says he's going to try and kind of present a positive spin on Scientology. And boy, would that have been interesting. I would have watched the shit out of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's almost the only other Scientology documentary I want to see now. And it cannot be made by a Scientologist. We've seen the same documentary now, literally, I don't even know how many times, a dozen times at least. I mean, yeah. yeah. That would be a nice change. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, he says he's, uh, at first, his intent is to make a positive Scientology documentary. And impossible. He, yeah, impossible. Oxymoron. But Can't do it. He uh, he reaches out to sci- the people at Scientology, hoping to get some sort of access or interviews or whatever, and it doesn't really pan out. And that's it's it's early on when we meet Marty Rathbun. Yeah, he just ends up getting this one dude. Yeah, this this one guy uh, says yes. I'll I'll be in your documentary and he's a he's the former inspector general of scientology and i trust i don't need to explain what the inspector general of scientology (laughs) does because i did not look that up because i don't give a shit because it's a he kind of explained it but basically it sounded like he had a jesus complex about it because he was like i was the most important person yeah 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 yeah, yeah, i was the top dog at scientology cool good for you yeah. I have complicated feelings about him. What 80s football movie were you in? <laughs> yeah, Top he's dog defi- at Scientology. He's definitely conflicted. Yeah, the thing he seems like he's he believes the teachings of Scientology. He just doesn't like the people teaching it. Well, anymore. it kind of yeah, it it kind of felt like and I think the director realized this halfway through is that maybe he didn't leave willingly it, it they they kicked him out right and so then he got angry yeah but he he didn't come to his own realization he wasn't like oh this is bullshit i'm out of here right it was more of them turning against him and that's why he left yeah so he 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 didn't leave as what are they what did they call it uh, a suppressive SP. sp suppressive person yeah we're all SPs by making this stuff. And a suppressive this person podcast, is someone who realizes that Scientology is bullshit <laughs> and then leaves. Right. So or just speaks us. out a, yeah. against Scientology in any way. Yeah. And so, well, here we are. <laughs> Which, I mean, if they want to start following me around with a camera, that'd be fine. Like, I would have relatives in town and be like, look how fucking important I am. Like. <laughs> Paparazzi, only one, but it'll get bigger as I get bigger. There'll be more of them taking pictures. That's cool. It's <laughs> roll your eyes at me. The biggest uh... eye roll ever. I just have really large eyes. People always think I'm rolling my eyes when I'm not. So let's talk about a really weird scene with Marty Rathbun. When he first shows up, they go to an apartment complex that we never see this apartment again. Oh my God, that was so weird. That whole thing was That's, so weird. I was weird. like, why is this in here? I don't know whose apartment it is. I don't know if it's Louis. I don't know if it's just a random apartment. But they're in there talking about this documentary and fucking Paz de la Huerta shows up. The actress from Boardwalk Empire and many other hit films and shows. Wait. 
She's a real actress, that woman? Yeah, she's a famous, she's a good actress. That's why I, I was so disappointed that she's like real life crazy. Because you can tell in her role, she plays some fucking crazy people. Oh my God, was... I had no idea. I thought it was just some French chick trying to get a job in Hollywood. No, that's like a very well-respected actress. That's oh why my when God, she, she's insane. When, she was amazing. She's insane. Yeah, when she was walking out, that's why she goes, uh, my name's Paz. Yeah. Paz. And the guy finally goes, Paz de la Huerta? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, cool. Still get out of here, crazy. So was she hammered or crazy or both? I think she's a Scientologist. <laughs> and I think they like sent her. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I want to look up to see if she's a Scientologist. I believe oh. she is. I think I did look that oh, that's amazing. up. But we can do that quick. We got the technology. But uh, yeah, she just kind of shows up. She's like, what are you doing a documentary about? You can't film me. And then just stands in front of the camera. Yeah. uh, Getting filmed. (laughs) Yeah. Pitching herself. Incessantly. Yeah. And just talking about all the movies she's been in. And she's like, 45. I was in 45. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. It's. Yep, she is a Scientologist. Okay, so she's nuts. Wow. Cool. Okay, so yeah, that was really unclear. Why was she there? Why was she in a bikini? Yeah. Why was I mean? I did, it wasn't clear that she was a Scientologist. It was just clear that she was yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah she just, was just there. But you know, she like as soon I didn't know she was before that. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, she's a Scientologist, and they like that's they couldn't have sent like Travolta over. Like, that would have been impressive. Like, if Travolta comes to the door, it's like, all right, let's talk. It's fine. Give me a massage. Get it? Because he... Never mind. Yeah, she's been in a shit ton of movies. Too many to list. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a really weird scene. Yeah. But we also find out here that this might be the reason the church stopped working with Louis, because they find out he's working with Marty. And they, they read that after they usher famous Hollywood actress out of the living room, they get back to talking about this letter he got from Scientology. And they, they kind of intimate that that's why they don't want to work with him. So then they introduce David Miscavige. 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 Sorry. This guy is insane. He's so fuck. He's like... He's basically Tom Cruise. They're the same guy. Yeah, yeah. They're the same guy. Yeah, he's like, he's Tom Cruise. He looks like the guy that beat up Ralph Macchio in The Karate Kid. <laughs> like, he's got that look. He's got that demeanor. He looks like he would beat up Ralph Macchio in The Karate Kid. David Miscavige, or Miscavige, is it Miscavige? Miscavige. Miscavige. I mean, he, you could just intentionally pronounce it wrong. Like, then that's, yeah. that's demeaning. Fuck him. Yeah, he's basically Tom Cruise, minus the the filmography. He took control of Scientology after L. Ron Hubbard died and, and I think did he might have, I think he might have killed L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. It's really yeah, it's he's, easy to read that between the lines. He's that yeah, yeah, he's that kind of guy where when I just hear that he took power, I'm like, oh what'd he do to the last guy? Like what <laughs> and then how's he covering it up now? Because that he obviously played a part in that. He's the kind of guy that if he didn't have so much money, I'd be like, he's gonna kill his wife for insurance money someday. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. <laughs> and not just for a trivial reason, like 
keep his credit score intact, like not even that deep in debt. But well, if I don't get this paid off. Do you know if you're a woman, you can kill like five husbands before they catch on to you? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched so much Forensic Files and no one even looks into women unless it's no. like the so sixth guy. Like, so stop it for <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even like the suspicious deaths, like suicide. And it's like, well, the gun is behind his head. Nah, it's fine. She's a woman. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah. do that. She didn't do that. Like, she, did it. she did it. Yeah, there's a lot of cases of that. Probably not in this case. I doubt David Miscavige's wife is ever going to kill him. Oh, I had a really good note, a joke in the notes that he might maybe one day kill her for making noise during childbirth, but not for insurance money. Because that's a thing with Scientology. Science, silent childbirth. Yeah, like, okay, sure. That's a great idea. Yeah. And if that baby starts crying, you shut that fucking baby up. What Scientology is trying to do is essentially eradicate your humanity. That's the goal. And your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And we see that kind of when when they get into the, they do some of the testing. Yeah, it's auditing. Yeah. Which, so basically, that's eliminating your natural human response. To anything. Marty calls it, this is my favorite term from the whole thing. We got to flatten that button. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) flatten that button. We got to flatten that button. I love that. Anytime I have a problem in my life from now on, (laughs) I need to flatten that button. It's what I need to do. Just don't turn into a Scientologist, though. I can't make any promises. Okay. So what makes this documentary a little different is after being shut down from having access to Scientology... Louis decides to work with Marty as kind of Marty as his consultant, and they're going to reenact all of these famous uh, stories, or not famous stories, but Marty's stories about what it was like inside Scientology, and they're going to reenact them with actors. There's a really creepy moment where they're first kind of auditioning actors and talking about this plan where... Marty is talking about how serious Scientology takes everything and how the actors need to convey that. And he says something like, we'd rather have you dead than incapable. And Louie's like, and that was your mindset. And Marty goes, yeah, kind of makes you wonder what I'm capable of. Oh, huh? that was so creepy. And then Louie goes, yeah, little bit. Yeah. And then they just lock eyes for what feels like eight minutes. It yeah. was so scary. And Louie came out of that to me as the creepier one. Because at some point, Marty's just like, they're, they're staring and Marty just starts like nodding his head like, okay, <laughs> this is still happening. We're still looking at each other on camera. This is going to go in the documentary. And it did. It went right in there. And I like that. I like that it seemed like he out-creeped the, the Scientologist for now. Yeah. But the second they show the guy that eventually plays David Miscavige, or Miscavige, I'm like, <laughs> that's the guy. Like, as soon as you see his face, I'm like, that's him. Like, I, I know that's going to be him. Which, he seems like he's got some underlying things in there, too. Like, he's... I don't know. I don't want to meet him ever, is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, he's a complete psychopath <laughs> that has a god complex, and, you know, yeah. he's one of those guys. Yeah, they, they ask him, because they, they have him at one point get in Marty's face and start screaming these things that David Miscavige said, and after he's done, they're like, where did that, where did that come from? And he's just like, I tap into anger easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Okay. okay. Uh... 
Yikes. So remember his face and don't date him, ladies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he ends up being a really famous actor. Then or go something. for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, I mean, what choice do you have? <laughs> so, one of the things that stood out to me in this part is it's really clear that Marty likes being yelled at. Yeah. Like, there's, oh my God. He enjoys it. There's one scene where a different actor who's auditioning for Miscavige slams him against the wall and starts screaming. And Marty's like mouthing what he's saying to him, and he's like smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, does this guy enjoy this? And then no, he... because he flattened his button. Yeah, he flat. <laughs> so he enjoys the test of being yelled at and yeah. not responding in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And and he's that's stoic. That's like his reasoning when, like, right after this, Louis asked why he would stay with employed by someone who treats him like that and he's like well you said yourself you kind of liked when they were pushing you up against the wall right and he's like yeah but it's acting and he's like but it's acting and he's like well yeah but you get what i'm saying and then just doesn't explain anything (laughs) else and it's like oh you like being beat by men the size of prince (laughs) david miscavige is five foot one no way. Yeah. No, yeah. he's not. He's five. He is not five one. He's five one. No, he's not. He is. I looked <laughs> Prove it, it up. Prove it. It's there's <laughs> he is not five one. Okay. Adam, maybe five five or six. He is Prince Height. He is not five one. <laughs> Have you met him? Do you know? Five one six inches shorter than Tom Cruise, everybody. Okay, dude, he is not 5'1". He is I cannot shorter this. than Leah Remini. That's probably why she fell out with Scientology, because she's <laughs> taller than him. Oh, my God. So, Napoleon complex. That explains everything. Yeah, yeah. 5'1". My yeah. God. So, yeah, there's there's that scene. This This scene was almost, like, not that important, but does everyone remember Steve Mango? Steve Mango is, he's only in this documentary for like three minutes. He's this young Hollywood actor. Oh, was he the one who was explaining how they can, how they do it, how they sell it to you? Yeah, how they sell it to people who first come to town. And in the beginning when Louis's driving him and Steve is explaining everything, he does not take his eyes off Louis. He like turns it. I fucking broke my neck sleeping last night, so I can't even <laughs> turn my head. But he just turns his head and stares at him the whole time while he's talking. And it's like, look around. You're being weird right now. Well, they taught him how to zero in. This is how they knew they could get you. Because you act like this just in casual conversation. You already seem like... But this guy was also handing out Scientology Bibles with his headshots on the front. Which, yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me, you know. I mean, and I see, I really see why they prey on actors because actors are some of the most impressionable, suggestible people I have ever met in my entire life. I mean, you do. I mean, I'm from who isn't friends with some actors. I went to school here. for acting, so hi. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's true. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, you're you're playing different characters, and after a certain point maybe there's you have a lack of identity yourself and and you have to kind of be impressionable to be an actor like you have to i'm a shit actor that's why i have such a hard time acting i act for a line 
and then <laughs> my th- they say have a thought before you say your next line. And my thought always is, is this acting? <laughs> <laughs> Was that acting? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't do much acting. I've done it. Yeah. But it's fine. I'm too committed to myself and my own point of view for me to try to pretend to be anyone else. No, my professor thought I was too fun for how impressionable I was. She was like, it's like all your emotions are just bubbling under the surface at any time and I just have to tug a little bit and you start crying. I was like, that was sadistic. Wow. Uh, I have to go now. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. It happens. Let's talk about (laughs) e-meters. I had never seen an actual e-meter and they do an e-meter reading, and it's basically, like Mon Rock just said, they're trying to just kind of flatten your emotions, flatten that button. It's called reactive, what is it? Not reactive, I don't know the term for it, but basically they want to eliminate your reaction. Yeah, your reaction to certain events and things yeah. that happen in your life. So Whether they, it's sadness or anger, right? you're meant to be a robot. Right. Yeah, you're supposed to have no emotional reaction to anything, which, God, that's a weird thing to want to attain. I mean, it's kind of evolved because, you know, getting angry and letting yourself get out of control, nobody that's truly evolved allows themselves to get to that level, so that I do understand. But then they showed that video of three Scientologists assaulting and attacking that guy in the airport. And that's really low-level behavior. So then what is that? Right. That's aggressive and just a real ugly, reprehensible way for anyone to behave. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, one of those things where... Yeah, I mean... Where they, I think they just use their religion to justify that, where in that case, they're not that's not really their emotions. That's just what they must do in the name of their beliefs. Well, if they have them suppress all of their emotions all the time, and then they're like, okay, now this is the one time it's okay to get angry. Yeah. Then everyone's going to start screaming and yelling immediately because they haven't been feeling for years. Yeah. yeah. It's like The Purge. Oof. Oh. What a great franchise, though. Probably Very not. bizarre. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the e-meter, they just hook. It's ba- so it's basically just therapy. Like you just talk about your problems until they, they don't cause a response anymore, except they hook you up to a machine and you owe them $2,300 for a book about engrams now. And everything is recorded and can and will be used against you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the other component to it. They really make you talk about everything you've ever done, and that's exactly why. So that's why. That's how. That's how they keep you in there. Yeah, they, they've got everything on you. Yeah, scary. And it's on tape. It's on tape. You saying it, like they don't. They don't have documents. Your confession. It's creepy. It's really fucking creepy. Like I, I, I understand how people get stuck in there once they go in, but. What I don't understand is how people are still signing up for this shit. Right. Like, I, there's so much information out there now that why would you ever be like, all right, I'm going to try Scientology. Like, I mean, it's religion, right? So if you're lost and young and confused and you're, you don't want to subscribe to any of the Abrahamic religions and you're not yeah. trying to be Hindu yeah. or Buddhist... It's, it's where white people go when they're confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's true. <laughs> and they, they pride themselves on being able to like squash addiction and stuff like that. And yeah. Those are the perfect people to target for any religion. Right. So, I mean, I went to. When I was growing up, I, I had a friend who went to a different school. She went to a Christian private school. We became friends. I met her through a mutual friend. And she she said, oh, I'm going to go on this fun trip with people from my school. And I thought, oh, okay, great. I'll come with you. And she goes, yeah, it's in, it's in Pennsylvania. It's uh, this convention. And I said, great. So I signed up for this thing. And it ended up being this hardcore Christian convention for Mm. a week where we had to get up at 6 a.m. and uh, I was separated from my friends. I was assigned a number and I was put in and we were all put in groups and they were like, okay, let's pray for her and her family because I told them my family, I mean, were agnostics or Hindus. I don't even know what my parents are. Um, And so I was praying for my family at 6 o'clock in the morning. This thing went on every day till 11 o'clock at night. I fainted at one point. It was just so intense. I came back. They sent me home in a T-shirt that said undeserving. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was. It was. Oh, my God. So then I walked through my front door. I'm like, Mom, I got to save you. She's like, stop talking nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get undeserving T-shirts <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Unpop store. But just being in that environment, I felt like I was the only one that thought differently. And here I was, you know, I was 16, 17 years old. There are around 5,000 people with their arms in the air. And when you're the only one, I just jumped right into it. I came home. I was a, I was a complete disaster trying to save my family and... <laughs> My mom just had no tolerance for it. She goes, okay, okay, settle down. Just watch some TV for a couple hours. And And that probably worked. It did, it did. Within within two days, I was was totally back to normal. So it happens to the best of us. It does. Anyone can get sucked into a cult. Let's talk about the Sea Org. Sea Org! Sea Org! So every time... I drive past, I because I live not too far from the Scientology Center or church. I can't even call it a church. Uh, it looks like a prison. Have you, you you've seen the, the one blue in, one, the big blue yeah. one in Hollywood? Oh my god! And you you see all these people in the blue suits. And every time I drive by there, I roll down my window and I just yell, "See you!" <laughs> 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 and, and I speed off. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's so stupid, but I get such a kick out of it. <laughs> and they're probably like, she recognizes us. I like it. It's my dream to get one of those people out of there, man. I don't know how to do it. I but... tried to get a lift driver out of it. I, I took a lift here, which for whatever reason, whenever I take a lift here, I end up finding someone topical as my driver. But nice. But my, my lift driver, like two weeks ago, he... Um, we, I started by talking about like an interaction I had had with a homeless person, and he just like point blank was like, "Well, they could just help themselves, and it wouldn't be a problem." I was like, "Oh, this I got to hear." So, what's oh, up? Boy. What's your life about? And he's like, "I'm a Scientologist," and then just went straight in for it. And so, like, I slowly tried to like work little seeds of like, "Well, but like maybe they're really, really sick and can't help themselves." And he's like, "I don't think that's true." And I was like, "But like it is though." And he's like, "Maybe." 
for some special circumstances. And I was like, yes, I win a little bit. I got five points. See, that's why I don't take Lyft. Never mind. I don't want to save anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. So the Sea Org, they're considered the clergy of Scientology. They're the, the ruling wing of the organization. They sign billion-year contracts, which nope. you're never going to get to renegotiate that. I don't know if they know this, but you're stuck with that for life. This is from a – this doesn't come up in the documentary, but this is from a 1992 memo by the Church of Scientology International uh, that was provided to the IRS regarding the nature of the Sea Org. Quote, the Sea Org does not have an ecclesiastical organizing board or command channels chart or secular existence, such as an incorporated or unincorporated association. All there is no, although there is no such organization as the Sea Organization, the term Sea Org has a colloquial usage which implies that there is. There are general recruitment posters and literature for the Sea Org, which implies that people will be employed by the Sea Org when in reality they will join, making the billion-year commitment, at some church that is staffed by Sea Org members and become employees of that church corporation. The Sea Org exists as a spiritual commitment that is factually beyond the full understanding of the service or any other but a trained and audited Scientologist. So in that last sentence, they're basically saying, look, you're not good enough at Scientology to understand what the Sea Org is. Yeah, you got to dress like you work on a submarine. Yeah, so we can't even <laughs> tell you. And they wrote this in a letter to the IRS. Like, if any of us tried that, we'd be in jail. We'd be in... <laughs> At one point, didn't he say that the IRS tried to break into one of the Scientology centers and they were told that it would be just futile because everybody in there would say that they were a willing participant in oh, the yeah. abuse that was going on in Golden Era or whatever that... Golden, oh, Golden Era Productions, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, road trip? Let's go <laughs> yeah. see Golden Era yeah. Productions. Yeah. It's in... California. Yeah, let's talk about that place because that is that is, where they shove thirty people in one bedroom and I think so. The yeah. SP hole. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely there. So yeah, a guy named another former Scientologist we meet named Mark Headley takes Louis to Golden Era Productions, which is in California. It's not super far from here if we want to go. I think we should. That's where Scientology makes their... It's where the Sea Org is kind of based. David Miscavige lives and works there most of the time. And it's where they make their creepy promo videos that, for a building that big, these promo videos are really sketchy quality. Like, they need to hire a CGI guy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you look at the place, it looks like a prison compound. There's razor wire, all kinds of crazy shit. You can actually read reviews of the place on Google. So let's do that quick. Yes, please. These are a few actual Google reviews about Golden Era Productions. Sounds like a porn. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I feel like that's them like trying to hide in plain yeah. sight, where it's not, no, this isn't a Scientology place. We bukkake stuff here. <laughs> this is one review. This is where I go to hang out when I'm in SoCal and the usual LA crazy just doesn't cut it. Love being watched from sniper towers and harassed by the security guards. Definitely worth a trip to screw with them. If you hang around long enough, you'll see women and children trying to escape and the black SUV scooping them up. 
creepy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I do. I'm I in. Do. Yeah. yeah. I am in. And I thought that last line was a joke, but it comes up again in another <laughs> review. Here's another one. It's pretty much a complete violation of human rights, what's goes, what goes on inside there. But not only that, they have all these cameras outside the compound filming the public road right into your cars. Why? As an extra violation of privacy against the people who don't belong to this organization. That, that seems like there's some assumptions being made there, but they're probably right. Uh, here's a third review. Place is sketchy as hell. Barbed wire on the fences away from the road, floodlights everywhere, fence shakers, 10-foot walls, grabbing women and children to get them back into vehicles and bring them back, people in towers as scouts. Seriously? Yeah, if anyone thinks this place is legit, you are nuts. And on that note, let's read one more review. (laughs) Golden Era produces high-quality videos that I have learned a great deal from. Beautiful grounds and very competent staff. Great experience. Ten we're we're ten. nothing if not fair and balanced. <laughs> Don't now, say I didn't present both sides of it. Let's go rescue people. Yeah, let's go rescue the person let's who pull made them into that. Our car instead. The person, I have an SUV. It could work. The person who left that fourth comment is who we need to start with. Yeah. We can at least track them down through their Google profile. <laughs> but yeah, this the scenes that happen at this place are probably the creepiest in the whole documentary. Because no matter what else they're doing out in the community, that place still exists. And Did that's it? where the main guy is. Marty lived there for 17 years or yeah, something like that. Yeah. He lived there and then eventually got put in the SP hole. And then, he, and then he was asked why he stayed for so long. And he said that, you know, because it's just, it's hard, right? I mean, it's like being in prison. These people are afraid of being able to reintegrate into society. Yeah. It's it was Jeff Hawkins is the guy who lived there. Yeah. Who said he okay. got beat up by David Miscavige yeah, yeah, in a yeah. meeting about like a promo video he didn't like. Jeff Hawkins' wife stays at Golden Era. She's still there. You see her at one point in the She's documentary. The you see her twice, yeah. it's yeah, fun. She's... Out like patrolling the streets. Yeah. And yeah, it's Jeff Hawkins who he makes that really great analogy about why people don't leave. And he kind of you know, he he says, it's for one thing, it's like leaving prison. You've been in so long, you have no idea how to reintegrate into society. But also, it's like you're leaving prison, but your family was in that prison with you, and they decide they want to stay. So now you have to not only leave your family, but you have to go out and figure out how to acclimate back into society again. I mean, it's I mean, why do people stay in abusive relationships? Yeah. It's, it's like anything else. Sometimes it's just easier <laughs> yeah. to find a way to put up with it than start over it's uh that's how cults work it's how cults work it's really depressing i did like when they were one of the they were doing the reenactments of the sp whole scene which is uh one of the most intense moments when fake miscavige yeah. uh, in that near the end when they do the sp whole reenactment he fucking kills it oh he's just breaking things and screaming and yelling in people's faces and talking down to them and making them get on the ground like that was Crazy. He does tap into anger yeah. very easily. He breaks a fluorescent light yeah. on the table. Like, I didn't expect that one. Yeah. That yeah. one really got me. What I one thing I did love about that scene though, they had Tom Cruise they cast a Tom Cruise there. And the Tom Cruise they bring for the SP hole scene is like risky business Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he he wouldn't have been there looking like that. Yeah. Like I get like you can just make him look like a dude and like put Tom Cruise on his shirt or something. Like we'll <laughs> We'll get it. But the Sea Org building was terrifying. 
One of the most interesting people to me was, remember the woman who was filming Louie? And she had that cameraman with her. And first of all, she, when Louie confronts her, she's just like, whoa, I didn't expect this. Like, she's really off-put by the fact that someone's questioning why yeah. she would be filming them. And she was European, too. What's going on with these Europeans? Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't, the news just isn't getting out about Scientology in Europe. It's like AIDS in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> just spread the word, Jesus. The cameraman she has with him, at first, he seems perfectly creepy and like he's probably also a Scientologist because yeah. he's like, I'm just freelance. They hired me. And he's like giving no no information. But then he shows up a second, second time. time. Yeah. And the second time, I'm like, are they just hiring like freelancers off Craigslist? <laughs> because he's the one like when Louie's like, oh, you're the same guy from last time. He like tips his cap and waves and, and he's like, like, yeah, it's me. Yeah. And he chuckles and everything. Like he yeah. has a good hearty laugh about I it. I mean, maybe, you away. know, people have clients, freelance yeah. <laughs> guys have clients. Maybe th these guys just keep hiring him because he doesn't talk and he's easy to work with. And I bet part of it is that he's a big, intimidating looking yeah. guy. So having yeah. him doing the filming probably looks good. So yeah, I was like, maybe that guy is just an innocent pawn in all this. Or the, maybe the they one. just kicked him out of Scientology because he laughed in the documentary yeah. picking on it. He's in the SP hole now. <laughs> His family will never see him again. Yeah, the they go through the some of the drills. That part's really interesting. They film it like it's a gap commercial. I, I wish we could I wish we had set up some of these drills. Like if if someone wants to just scream at me and tell me I'm a shitty podcast host <laughs> until I stop flinching, we can do that. That's yeah. That's that's what the drills are. It's it's either you get insulted nonstop, or it's Marty going, ah! <laughs> and if you flinch at all, he's like fail. <laughs> Every and that that's see that's when he brings when Louis like can, oh he's like can we just not do can that we one? Just can not we just not do, do this that one? one? And he's like nope, gotta flatten the button. We gotta flatten, we gotta that, flatten button. that button. Gotta flatten it. Have to, got to flatten this button. <laughs> Good for you, Marty. Flatten those buttons. So yeah, this uh, I thought this was an interesting documentary. I like uh, it was an interesting. It's one of the only last few ways you can do a Scientology documentary and make it interesting. I did think the reenactments were really good. That actor they got to play Miscavige was fucking great. Yeah, he was amazing. I didn't like the conclusion he came to at the end, which was, are these people really cult members? Or are they just good religious types whose religion got hijacked by their pope? And it's like, look into L. Ron Hubbard. That guy wrote all of this shit. Like, everything Miscavige is doing to people was constructed by L. Ron Hubbard. Like he, and he, I, it was that book, Dianetics, right. right, that he wrote, and then that's how the whole thing just spiraled yeah. out of control. He was, he was basically a, uh, he was a science fiction writer, and he yeah. was in the Navy, and at one point, he requested uh, psychiatric help from the Navy. There's a, this is a letter that's like been published all all over the place. He requested psychiatric help and was turned down. And all of a sudden, uh, this science fiction writer who was in the Navy who got shot down for mental health care from the government starts a a space based religion <laughs> where uh, its main members live on the sea and psychiatry is the enemy sure it's a real religion i believe <laughs> yeah great like it's 
I, that's the part I don't get. Like, you can't. He was a science fiction writer, and he wrote a space religion. Right, and like people are like, yeah. no, it's probably fine. Like, I'm not going to no. start praying to like the Lord of Light from from Game of Thrones. Like, right, it's not right. like it's a book. It was fun, cool. It's over. That's it. It's not. No. Does it? Do we? Either of you know any Scientologists? Just the Lyft driver. I used to know a guy who knew somebody, and he told me this was ten years ago. He used to tell me briefly about and that guy was far up he was sitting at the table with Travolta and Tom Cruise wow yeah that's how I initially found out about it yeah I don't yeah I don't know any I'm just always bummed when another year passes and Beck is still a Scientologist So oh, I was, I was disappointing. Ups- I was upset with the movie because they made it look like, and when you when you pull up the movie on Netflix, it makes it look like Danny Kay was actually a Scientologist, and he wasn't, and it really, really upset me. I did research. There's no proof. It was just that oh. L. Ron Hubbard wanted him to be one, and it never came up that he actually was, and the, the movie made it look like he ac- actually, it, like it was accomplished, and that upset me. God damn it, Louie. Danny Kay is my favorite actor, so that's why I was so pissed about it. Well- Louis Thoreau is an SP now, <laughs> and we will torment his life. I was always shocked that Leah Romini was a Scientologist. Cause she seemed so aware and tough and street. Yeah. Or uh, what's the uh, Juliette Lewis also yeah. Yeah. Is, a, is a surprising one. But she's like a lifer. She's been a Scientologist forever. I think she's one that they got early. Yeah. And then she just became famous, so they stopped ruining her life. Yeah. So to speak. Like it's I'm sure it's still awful. Uh yeah, I forgot to to bring in the in the SP hole, my favorite part is when fake Miscavige goes, Fucking org board and just tears the org board down. Love yeah. that. <laughs> Fucking org board. <laughs> so yeah, that's does does anyone have anything to add about my Scientology movie. Uh, when can we sign up? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we'll we'll just we'll get an auditor here and get us all signed that, up. That could be fun. We'll we'll broadcast it and everything. Yeah, could do a live stream. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll try to convert. You know, them I, I, to it, a so they are, it is appealing. Something about those games. Yeah, it's like I wish they had just like a like a starter plan where you can just do the games, but they don't tell or you what a class like, or something. Yeah. I just want to see. I just want to <gasps> just give me an e-meter. Yeah. They seem like a e-meter. lot of acting exercises to be honest, yeah. like ones that you take in classes. So I could see where the lines get blurred there very easily. Yeah. Zip, zap, zap. Oh, I'm a Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. You show up for an acting class. I want that on the t-shirt. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I bet that is a lot of it where they just, they're like, hey, free acting classes. Yeah. Cause that's how I, there was a Scientology, like a really small Scientology storefront or bookstore close to my high school. And it had a big banner that said free IQ test. And it wasn't an IQ test, it was like the Scientology initial e meter test. But that, like I could see people being like, "Oh, we'll find out how smart I am." Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you when you get off the metro here. You'll see like somebody in like a nice suit will just come up to you and be like, "Do you want a free stress test?" And it's like, 
why are you talking to me? No, I'm I'm gonna go now. I have lunch plans. Yeah, but thank you. But I could see like so many tourists just being like, oh yeah, definitely, and just yeah. like happy go lucky walking right in and having it happen. Tourists are stupid. <laughs> they deserve to be in cults. Oh, idiots. Am I right? I think that's the conclusion of this podcast. <laughs> All right. I think we nailed it. Yeah, this was fun. When does this go up? This goes up on next week so the other show will have passed i'm gonna edit all this out hey come to our next unpops live show at the alex theater in glendale it is september 20th and uh i think josh denny's headlining it's 7 30 p.m show starts at 8 it's free go to unpops.com or no go to eventbrite.com slash unpops to reserve a spot we hope we see you there we got to get mon rock on one of those shows yeah you want to do one in october I'm going to be traveling a lot in October, but I could do September, but that's probably already booked. Or November. November. Okay. We'll get you on November. <sighs> yeah, come to that. What else do we got to plug? Goodbye. <laughs> N- nothing? No? Okay. <laughs> Jess, say goodbye. Bye. Monrock, you already spent your goodbye. Yes, I did. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>